0: Hang on a second. We don't need any dark background music for this episode. Nothing bad is going to happen here. It's just a Q&A. Here's the deal. If this is your first time hearing this podcast, this is not a normal episode. Not at all. On this podcast, each regular episode is a conversation with a person who's been through some type of extremely unusual situation. The guest comes on the show and tells the story of what happened firsthand. If you haven't heard any of those yet, I think you're going to like it. So go check out some of the past episodes. But this, this is definitely not a regular episode. This is a QA and a episode. A bunch of listeners have sent in questions they want to ask. So I'm either going to play the audio of them asking their question... Or I'll read the question that they sent in, and I'll give you my answer. And I'm doing this on an off week. I do new episodes every other Friday, and this one is going live in between those new episode Fridays. So this is kind of a bonus episode. And this idea originated in the Facebook group. We have over a thousand listeners in there, and we talk about all kinds of stuff in addition to discussions about the podcast episodes. And new listeners are joining that discussion all the time, so you need to get in there, too. And the biggest thing, really, is that you should subscribe to the show. That way, you will never miss an episode, and you'll have every new one as soon as they go live. So let's get on with some questions and answers, right after this. Real People in Unreal Situations
1: there is a man standing in front of me in my bedroom. My friend has been shot. I'm in the, literally inside the river, and I'm inside my car. He had told me multiple times that he was going to set himself on fire.
0: If you say my name or try to look at me, I'm going to kill
1: you. And he was just sobbing. He said, Mom, Mom, tell me you're going to be OK. And
0: I jumped on the hood of the car, and I held on.
1: And I looked into the garage, and he was hanging from the rafters.
0: I had somebody standing on my neck. He's better to me dead. I want him dead. I'm Scott Johnson, and this is What Was That Like? Hey, it's Scott. And guess what? You're about to hear an ad. And that's both good and bad. It's good because ads are what make it possible for me to keep bringing you these episodes. And it's bad because, well, maybe you don't like listening to ads, and I get that. And the good news is, you don't have to. When you sign up to support the show, you get every single episode without any ads. Plus, you get all the bonus episodes. Yeah, did you know there are actually bonus episodes? And you can try it all for free just to see what it's like. If you're on an iPhone, just go to the What Was That Like podcast and at the top click on Try Free, and you're in. On Android, just go to WhatWasThatLike.com/plus and try it out completely free. Once you've had the ad free experience, you'll see why hundreds of other listeners are already doing it. But for now, here's another ad, and then on with today's episode.
2: Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international best selling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds. Experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts.
1: Hi, Scott. My name is Amanda. Um, I love your show. Uh, so does my mom. She's the one that um, introduced me to it. My question for you is, every good interviewer seems to have a lot of empathy but can stay objective. My question is, did you learn that skill growing up, or was that something you had to learn as an adult? Thank you.
0: All right, Amanda, got a big question right out of the gate. This is interesting. As far as staying objective, I kind of always have the mindset when I'm talking to someone for the podcast, I try to picture myself as the podcast listener who's listening to this right now. Like, is there any part of this or any detail that doesn't really make sense? And for the most part, I like to just have the guest tell the story, and I don't want to usually interrupt, you know, like there are some podcast hosts who They have their list of interview questions, and they have to get through that list. I definitely make an effort to not look at it like that. But if someone's talking and I'm wondering about a particular detail, I'm going to sometimes ask them about it, because I figure the people listening would also want to know the same thing. Like in a recent episode with Aaron, who was over in Thailand when the big tsunami happened, In the early part of the story, he's talking about how he and Jillian were going to all the resorts and the places on the beach, and they couldn't find a place to stay because it was Christmas and everything was all booked up, so they had to go to another place further up the mountain. Well, in my mind, when I travel, I always have reservations made in advance, so I don't have to worry about that kind of situation. So I stopped him and asked him about that. And I actually had a listener comment specifically about that who said, Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. Why didn't they make reservations ahead of time? So I always try to think that way. As far as empathy, that's a big one for me. I guess I must have learned that as a kid because it's just always something that's with me in the back of my mind where I picture myself being in the shoes of another person. Like, how would it feel to go through what they're going through and what can I do or what can I say to help them or make their situation maybe a little better or easier to handle? Usually, with the guests on the podcast, it's something they've already gone through. But it's kind of the same thing with people I happen to encounter in everyday life. If someone's having a tough time, usually my first reaction is to think about what can I do to maybe help them. I think a lot of people have that same outlook.
1: Hi, Scott. This is Amanda from Buffalo, New York. I was just calling because I was interested in you. Uh, we were just wondering what your do you have any Okay, wait. You know This is terrible. Let me do this one over again. I'll call you right back. Hi, Scott. This is Amanda from Buffalo, New York. My question is about you. I think a lot of us are curious. Uh, do you have any hobbies you'd like to share with us or uh, music and movie recommendations? Who's your favorite Beatle? Inquiring minds want to know. You have a good one. Bye.
0: And I have to say, I just found Amanda's first phone call where she messed up to be pretty funny, and I got her permission to play it here for this podcast, and good for her because she thought it was funny too. Okay, hobbies. I don't think the stuff I do in my spare time would really be considered a hobby, so to speak, not like you would think of a typical hobby like stamp collecting or something like that. I do like to ride my bike about 8 to 10 miles each morning. And fortunately, here in Florida, I'm able to do that almost year-round, so I enjoy that. I used to do ultra-marathons, but my last one was in 2017, and then I switched to biking. I do still run my own business, and doing the podcast is almost a full-time job in itself. But in the spare time I do have, I like to do what I can to help out the homeless population that we have uh, right here in the Tampa Bay area. been doing that for quite some time now. Every Tuesday afternoon, my wife and I and a few other people go to downtown Clearwater here in Florida, and we see probably 75 to 100 homeless people there, and we bring clothing and shoes and backpacks, blankets, uh, you know, stuff that homeless people really need. And my big thing is that I bring three bikes each week. I get donated bikes or um, or bikes that I can find pretty cheaply that are still functional And I bring them on Tuesdays. I've got a long waiting list of people who need a bike. So I'm just working my way down that list. Because if you think about it, for you and me, riding a bike is a fun thing. It's a way to spend time outdoors, get some exercise, you know. But for a homeless person, a bike means transportation. Like, if they're looking for work, it expands the geographical area for their job search. Or it could mean they're able to go and visit family who might be too far away to walk to. Or it might mean they can get to a doctor's appointment. So back in April of 2018, I started collecting bikes. And at this point, we've given out over 350 bikes so far. And each time I give out a bike, I take a picture of that person with their new bike. And if you look at the show notes for this Q&A episode, I'll put a link to the Google Photos album where you can see all the pictures of the people who have gotten bikes, if you want to see that. And this is all thanks to the people who have donated bikes And some people also donate cash to put toward bike purchases. I can almost always find used bikes for 20 bucks when I look on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace. So I really love doing that because it helps these people. And for me, it feels like I get to be Santa Claus every Tuesday. And if you're in the local area here near Clearwater, you are always welcome to join us if you want to. So I guess that's my hobby. Oh, and if I had all the time in the world and money was not an object... I would probably go to Las Vegas and take some professional lessons in Texas Hold'em poker. I love watching that on TV, and I'd love to go out and play in the World Series of Poker sometime. I don't have a favorite Beatle, although I generally like their music. My all-time favorite music album is The Wall by Pink Floyd. I don't know how many times I've listened to that. Just really great lyrics, symbolism, really love that. For movies, my favorite movie is definitely Glengarry Glenn Ross. It's kind of weird because I seem to like stories that are kind of depressing, and this one definitely is. It's got an amazing all star cast. It includes, Jack, um, let's see, Al Pacino, Jack Lemon, Kevin Spacey, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin has one scene in that film that might be the best scene he has ever done. ABC, always be closing. Definitely check it out. That movie really cemented in my mind what an incredible actor Jack Lemmon was. In fact, after watching Glengarry Glen Ross the first time, I wrote to Jack Lemmon to compliment him on his performance, and that was actually the beginning of my first internet-based business. But that's another story. Oh, and almost anything Quentin Tarantino creates is great. Pulp Fiction, especially, and Reservoir Dogs, love both of those that guy knows how to craft a story.
1: Hi, Scott. My name is Anne, and I'm wondering, are there any subjects or interviews that you have deemed to be too scary or real or triggering for your listeners? How do you decide? Thank you.
0: I had to think about this one for a bit. As far as too scary, I really don't think there would be anything or any situation that I could think of that would kind of cross the line and be too scary to talk about. For the aspect of triggering, that's kind of a different story. I don't think I'd want to do a story that is centered around violence being done to an animal. You know, it's kind of weird. I can listen to a story or watch a documentary that involves a person being abused or killed, but if someone's torturing an animal like a dog or a cat... That's just not something I can handle very well. So I'd probably not do any stories like that. Although I know of some true crime podcasts who have covered those kind of stories, and I'm fine with them doing those stories. I just don't listen to them.
2: Hey, Scott, it's Beck from Australia. I've been wondering how your view of the world has changed, if at all, from your male point of view to that of the point of view of some of your female guests like Kira. Are there things or hazards that you hadn't considered that changed the way you move about your daily life, either for yourself or for your family? Thanks. Love the show.
0: How has my view of the world changed? Actually, I'm not sure that it has changed, although that's a pretty broad thing to think about, and I I do change my mind about things sometimes. I guess one of the episodes played a part in my change of mind about the death penalty. I used to be very much for capital punishment. If someone intentionally kills another person, that person should be put to death. And it was easy for me to think in those black and white terms. But over the years, I've kind of come around to the fact that it's not always black and white. Sometimes there's some gray area in there. And when I had my conversation with James, and that was in episode 46, that pushed me even further away from supporting the death penalty. You may remember James was the man who was arrested and convicted for a crime he did not commit, and he spent 35 years of his life in prison. Just the weight of thinking about that just boggles my mind. And thankfully, of course, he was proven innocent because of DNA, but there are a lot of innocent people in prison right now, and some of them have been convicted of crimes that carry the death penalty. So we as a country here in the U.S., have, we've definitely taken the lives of a lot of people who didn't commit the crime they were convicted of. I don't think we can have the right to punish someone with death when we get it wrong so many times. And David wrote in, have you ever been or considered a job as a counselor? I think with your voice and demeanor, you would be a very good one. And thank you for that, David. Honestly, it's a career that I have never really considered, although I do enjoy talking to people. And sort of related to that, I have had some guests, the ones who have been through something really traumatic, and a few of them have told me that telling the story on the podcast was the first time they have ever actually told the whole story from start to finish in detail verbally. And more than one of them have told me that they found it to be very therapeutic just to verbalize what happened and have someone interested in and listening to that story. So I'm happy to be that person, and I see that as one of the bonuses of doing this show.
1: Hey, Scott. My name is Debbie, and I just want to say, What Was That Like? is such a great podcast. It's always my go-to, and I'm actually on my third time of binge listening since I've been working from home. I love the episodes. You deliver them in such a great way, and my question for the question and answer session is, what led you down this avenue? You know, what led you to tell these stories in the manner that you are? Because it's so compelling to me. I just love how you do it and the way it's delivered.
0: Something I've been recently making a deliberate effort with is to read more. There are lots of books I want to read and I try to read every day, even if it's just a few pages. A little bit each day adds up, and it can make a big difference. It's like taking care of your gut. Even though it's not big, it supports the health of your whole body. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic benefits not just your gut and your heart, which aren't outwardly visible, but your skin too, which you can see. Every morning it's the same thing. Two capsules of Seed DSO-1. And sometimes I wonder, is it normal to feel this great? It helps support digestive health with optimal gut bacteria levels. And thankfully, that's all backed up by science, and all the supporting data is on their website. If you're trying to avoid sugar, soy, peanuts, or gluten, you're good to go. And I was reading the literature, and I thought, you had me at vegan, because it's that too. And if you have kids, DSO-1 is the first multi-strain symbiotic shown to be tolerable and health-promoting in a cohort of children aged 3 to 17. And you can use this promo code to give it a try.
2: Trust your gut with Seeds DS-01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com what and use code 25what to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seeds DS-01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com what, code 25what.
0: I don't know how many other people do this, but I like to plan my weekly meals. Maybe I'm just weird, but I like quick and easy. That's just one of the benefits you can get with Cook Unity. Go to cookunity.com what or enter code what before checkout to get 50% off your first week. One of the dishes I recently had was the Green Goddess Falafel Bowl. Oh, I loved it. The falafel was seasoned perfectly, and I love how crispy it is on the outside, but really moist on the inside. It's a signature dish of Enat Admoni. She's known around the world as a chef. You've probably seen her on TV. And her dishes are made right here in Florida. So I'm supporting local business, and I love that. And the convenience of CookUnity is crazy. I mean, I've got podcast episodes to produce. I don't have time for cooking. These meals are delivered fully cooked. So when it's time to eat, I pick a meal based on my mood for that day. I heat it for a few minutes and enjoy. The menus are updated every week, so there's always something new to try. You can choose from over 350 meals based on your dietary needs or taste preferences, or go wild and have CookUnity pick for you, because every meal is just amazing.
2: Make the best meal plan ever with the convenience, chef-level quality, and endless variety of CookUnity. Go to cookunity.com what or enter code what before checkout for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using code WHAT or going to cookunity.com slash WHAT. America.
1: We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University,
2: we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose.
1: To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon
2: University. Private, Christian, affordable, visit gcu.edu. Hi, Scott, I hope
1: you're doing well. My name is Travis Lucemore, and my question for you is, what got you into the subject of What was that like, and what made you start the podcast? Thank you.
0: So I'm putting these in together because Debbie and Travis both had kind of the same question. I actually started podcasting in 2012, and that's about the time I started listening to podcasts, and I figured I should start a podcast to promote my business. So I started that one. It's called the Computer Tutor Podcast, and I still do that one every two weeks. When a new episode of What Was That Light like comes out on a Friday, my other podcast always comes out on the following Monday. So anyway, over the years, I've listened to a lot of podcasts over a wide variety of categories, but every once in a while on some show that I happen to be listening to, the host or maybe a guest on the show would tell a really interesting and engaging story. And I found that those episodes are the ones I really loved hearing. And they are the ones I remember the most. I remember once I was in my car on my way to a client's location. They were a local business here. And I was on my way to an appointment with them. And on the way, I was listening to this one podcast. And the host is a friend of mine. His name's Dave Jackson. And he runs the School of Podcasting. He's the one actually who helped me start my first podcast. Anyway, he does this show where he just kind of talks about personal stuff in his life And on this show, he was talking about his dog who had been with him for a long time. And his dog's name was Dudley. And Dudley was old and his health was failing. And Dave had just had to take Dudley to the vet and have him put down. So he's telling this super sad story. And it's like a 23-minute episode. And he's telling the whole thing. And I get to my client's location, and I'm sitting in the parking lot in my car crying because of this story. Because I've had dogs my whole life, and I know exactly what this is like. It's the worst thing ever. And I don't know how Dave told the story without crying himself. But anyway, I pulled it together and went in and did my thing for the client. And if you want to hear that episode that I was listening to, I'll put a link to it in the show notes for this episode. But here's the thing. I just now looked up when that happened. And that episode was from August of 2013. And here we are right now in early 2021, more than seven years later, and I can still tell you how that story made me feel and exactly where I was when I heard it. That is powerful. So after a few years, when I decided I want to make a podcast about intense, unbelievable, but true stories, I knew that I wanted to have each of my episodes have that same effect on the listeners. That's what made me passionate about doing this show. And that's why, you know, when someone tells me that they listened to an episode of what was that like, and they just cried while they heard the person telling the story, my thought is mission accomplished. It kind of reminds me of a quote from Maya Angelou. She said, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel.
1: Hi, this is Aaron. Have you ever been in a situation that others may not have been in?
0: Okay, I would have to say yes, I probably have. I was in a hospital room a few years ago, along with my mom and the rest of my family, when my dad was taken off of life support and passed away. Of course, that's not a unique situation, but it's certainly one that you remember. And I have also bungee jumped. I guess that's something not too many people have done. That was quite some time ago. And several years ago, I wrote a zip line that was hundreds of feet up in the air over the trees in the forest of Ecuador. Andy wanted to know this. He asked, do you have any plans to have commercials in the podcast? And the answer to that is, yep, that's going to happen. That's actually been the plan from the start. But I wanted to wait until the audience got to be substantial enough to make it worthwhile. And that is now the case. So I'm kind of in the early stages with that process but sometime this year you will start to hear ads in the podcast. And really, I'm assuming for most people that won't really come as a big surprise, since almost all of the major podcasts include advertising in order to make the show profitable. But I'll say this, that's one more reason to become a patron of the show for $5 a month. For those patrons, they will continue to get the show without any ads. And that's on top of all the bonus episodes, which are the Raw audio episodes with the actual 911 audio and the stories that go with them. So you can skip the ads and get all the extra content when you sign up as a patron at slash support.
1: Hi, Scott. This is Holly from Washington State. I have two questions for you. One, which episode is your favorite? And two, who is your favorite person to interview? If you can't come up with just one, how about give us your top three? Thank you. Which
0: episode is my favorite? Well, every one of them. They're all my favorite. I know that's a cop-out answer. That doesn't really answer the question, but I really do like all of them. But I really have to say, if I was forced to pick just one, I'd have to say episode number one with Jennifer. When I approached her about telling her story on my show... She was so gracious and agreed to do it, and she had no idea who I was or how the interview would go or if this podcast would ever amount to anything, but she agreed to it, and talk about starting off this new podcast with a bang. What a story. And then when I found out I was able to get the actual audio of the actual 911 call that she made from the scene of the accident, that was like, I couldn't believe it. And there was a story behind that. When you go through the process of getting 911 audio, every city and county kind of makes their own rules about what's available and how you get it and all those things. So when I contacted that office in Texas about getting Jennifer's audio, she told me that she'll check it and that some audio is available and some isn't. And the difference is, if the 911 call included anyone's name or any kind of personal information like that, then they wouldn't be able to release it because of privacy concerns. So I waited to hear, and finally, I got a phone call from that nice lady with the decision. It turns out that phone call did include people's names and some personally identifiable information, but she actually went to the trouble of bleeping out those parts in the call so that I could get the audio anyway. So that was just incredible for her to do that, And I think it made that episode so much more powerful. And I made sure to send that lady a thank you card with a little Starbucks gift card enclosed. As far as my favorite person to interview? Nope. Can't make that decision. And Elaine sent in this question. What are some stories you would like to hear first person? Oh, Elaine. I have a few stories that I would love to hear in person and have it told on the podcast Here are some of the people and stories I'm looking for for future episodes. Someone who has survived falling off a cruise ship while it was underway. That's probably going to be a tough one because most people, when that happens, they don't survive. But I'm still looking. Someone who has lost a limb from a shark attack. Someone who has had a small child kidnapped by a non-family member. Someone who was a passenger on a train when it went over a cliff. Again, not a high survival rate on that one. Someone who was a victim of human trafficking by a non-family member and then rescued. Someone who ran over their own child with the car. That would just be unimaginable. Someone who was in a car when it was hit by a train. Someone who is not a pilot but was in a plane when the pilot had a problem and you had to land the plane. And I don't know, maybe that's just so rare that it only happens in the movies. But I'm still looking for it anyway. And also, someone who forgot their child in the car. You know, like the parent picked up the toddler from daycare on their way home from work. Then they went in the house kind of absent-mindedly and left the child in the car for a few hours. That happens here in Florida all too often. And because of the heat, some children aren't able to survive. Then the parent not only has the extreme guilt of that, but also the criminal consequences of child neglect or manslaughter or whatever. What a complete nightmare. So that would be a tough one, but I would like to do an episode with someone who's gone through that. And there are a few more, and I'm always thinking of these weird situations, so I just add it to the list as I think of them. And if you have any ideas, let me know.
2: Hi Scott, this is Enos listening from Germany, and I have two questions I'm wondering Is there any topic that you wouldn't cover and why? And the second one I'm really curious to know is if there has ever been a conversation where you thought, what
1: an idiot to get into that situation.
0: I'll answer the second one first. I don't think I've ever had that thought like, what an idiot, only because I've done some pretty stupid things, too. And I know sometimes things can happen and whatever. Yeah, maybe the person I'm talking to made a bad decision, but that doesn't necessarily make them a bad person. And besides, it makes a great story for the podcast. Okay, topics I wouldn't cover. Yes, I don't do anything related to the paranormal because, one, there are a lot of other podcasts that do those kind of stories already. And two, because I like to make sure all the stories on my show are true and actually happened. And you can't really verify the paranormal stuff, so I don't do those. I also don't do any stories about things that are primarily medical, like the so-called medical miracles. You know what I'm talking about. Like when someone says, I got this super rare disease, and the doctors told me I only had three months to live, and here it is four years later, and I'm still alive. Those stories are just too common, you know? Not to minimize it, of course, because I there's no doubt that the person who went through that whole experience, it was very traumatic and difficult and everything, But I just want to have stories that are more unusual than that for this show. And I don't do any stories where the primary topic is drugs or sex or alcohol. And believe me, I get those stories pitched to me all the time. I can tell you this. If a story starts out, this one time I was so drunk, well, just stop. I'm bored already. Okay, you got drunk. You did something stupid. For me personally, I really just don't find that interesting much less a story that would be memorable. It is interesting, though, the stories that people send me. It actually kind of puts me in an awkward sort of situation because this person really wants to tell their story on my show, and to them it was something really amazing and memorable, but it just doesn't work for the kind of stories I want to do. Whenever I think about if a story will work for my show... My first thought is to protect my audience from stories that are not really all that interesting. That's my number one rule. And I I learned this from Glenn Hebert, another podcasting friend of mine. He says, never be boring. So I try to go by that guideline when choosing stories. Never be boring.
1: Hey, Scott. It's Jennifer again. I have a question for you. I want to know if you've considered writing a book with maybe your first 50 or 100 episodes, what you learned. Um, Just a great collection of stories that I think would be an interesting read. The other question I have is, is there anything that you have yet to learn about the podcasting world? Is there some kind of adventure you'd still like to explore, network, or anything else? All right. That's all my questions. Great idea for a show. I love it.
0: Writing a book, I have to say, I have not really given any consideration to doing that. I don't know, is this something anyone would be interested in? I don't know how that would work. I mean, people can hear the story firsthand on the podcast. Would they want to read more about it in a book? I'd have to think about that some more, but I'm open to ideas. As far as the podcasting world, I feel like there's still a lot I have to learn. It's one of those things where you don't know what you don't know. And for this show, I do everything finding the guests and contacting them, sending the info and the guest release, researching the story. Uh, I do the interview, I edit the interview, put it all together with the intro and the outro, and then plus having the Facebook group doing all the promotion and marketing for each episode. I have no doubt that there are processes and maybe things that I'm doing that could be done more efficiently. And some of this I'd like to eventually outsource. Like, I'd love to have some help in contacting potential guests. I've got a long list of people, not just story ideas, but actual people who I want to contact, but it just takes a lot of time to track them down. But doing that is kind of a special skill to be able to find someone and get in touch with them. But yeah, I'm 100% sure there are lots of things I still need to learn, and I'm always trying to learn more and get better.
1: Hi, Scott. This is Kat from Austin, Texas, and I just want to say... I love this podcast. It's my very favorite one. But I'm very curious about the picture you use as your um, Facebook page and, and your podcast. That's how I find your podcast, really, is I look for that picture. But I, I was wondering who the picture is of, and why did you pick that particular picture? Thank you so much.
0: In the podcasting world, that picture is called cover art. And I knew when I started the podcast that I would need to come up with some cover art, so I had to really think about what it should be. But the problem I ran into was that the stories on this show cover quite a wide spectrum of topics. You know, a lot of them are true crime related, or they deal with death or some kind of tragedy. But then sometimes we have one that's just fun, like the person who texted a wrong number and they ended up getting married, or a a unique marriage proposal story. So I couldn't just have something like a dark street with a single street light for the dark stories because a picture like that wouldn't fit with a happy story. And I couldn't use like a smiley face or a sunshiny picture on an episode where the guest got hit by a car or got shot in a mass shooting or something. So whatever picture I used, I knew it had to be something that would pretty much be appropriate for all of these types of stories. So when I was working through this in my mind, The word that kept coming back was the word contemplating, because whether you just got attacked by an alligator or you just saved someone's life on the golf course while you were out golfing, after the excitement is all over, that's what you do. You just contemplate what just happened. So that was the idea with using that picture of the man standing at the wall. He's just kind of looking out into the distance. He's contemplating something. So that's where that came from.
2: Hey, Scott. My name is Kelly. I'm calling from New Jersey. First and foremost, I'd like to say that you do an amazing job with your podcast. Thank you for that. I truly enjoy listening to you. My questions are, how do you find your stories? And do you ever get creeped out when you're interviewing someone? All right. Thank you. Keep up the good work.
1: Hi, Scott. This is Rachel. I just wanted to know how you find your interviewees. Do you really Google guy gets attacked by a bear, woman almost dies while skydiving, or has anyone eaten their own foot? Your stories are so interesting, but who
0: thinks of such
1: random things
0: that could happen? Only you. Thanks. Okay, I'm happy to say I have never been creeped out by any of the guests on the show, so I hope that trend continues. I don't know, if I were having a conversation with someone for the podcast and they creeped me out, I don't know if I would want to have that story on the podcast. Maybe, I guess it depends on what the story was and why it creeped me out, but anyway, it hasn't happened so far. And as far as how I find the people I have on the show, actually, yes, I have googled guy gets attacked by a bear. And I think that was actually how I found Dan, who was in episode 68, telling his story of being attacked by a grizzly bear in Alaska. So when I first started the show, I was pretty much starting from scratch. So I made a list of stories I wanted to do, like someone who got struck by lightning, someone who survived a plane crash, that kind of thing. Then I just started searching for those stories. But now, since I've been doing the show for about two and a half years, as I record this in early 2021... I've gotten guests from a variety of different sources. Some are personal friends, or I might have a personal friend who knows someone. Some came from Instagram. Some are news stories I came across, and I just contacted the person. And what's nice now is that since the show has grown a lot since the beginning, the audience is much bigger, and I'm getting stories from podcast listeners, like episode 65 with Brandon, who was dragged by a horse, He's a listener to the show who just contacted me to see if his story would be a good fit. And he's not the only one. I've had several like that. But I'm always looking for new stories. So if you know of someone or if you hear of someone who has a story that might fit in with the type of stories I do, please get in touch with me. Scott at thatlike.com. And as long as I'm mentioning this, there's one person in particular who I really, really want to have on the show. All I know about her is that her first name is Genesis, and she appeared in an episode of a TV show called The Carbonaro Effect. I really want to talk to her about that experience, because her reaction to what happened on that show is really incredible. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well, but if you know Genesis or how to get in touch with her, please contact me.
1: Hi Scott, my name is Kimberly. I just gotta say I approve Love the podcast and everything that you do. My question to you is, have you ever had something happen to you where us as your fans want to know what was that like for you? Let us know. Thanks.
0: Okay, I kind of figured this question would come up. I do have a story, but I can't really say anything about it because I haven't decided 100% if I want to do it. And if I do decide to tell it, I would still have to get the green light from a couple of family members who were involved because I would want them to be okay with it as well. So, yes, maybe at some point, but I really can't say anything more about that right now. Pauline asks, how long does it take you to make one episode? And I'll have to say I can only guess at this because I've never really actually calculated it out exactly, but the standard in podcasting in general usually is a ratio of one to four. In other words, the if the final product is an episode that is one hour long, then that means it took about four hours to put it together. And if anything, I would say my episodes would be more than that. But again, it's kind of hard to say. One day I might spend an hour or two just searching through the news online for new guests. And from that, I might get one or two potentials or I might not get anything. So... All of that pre-interview time has to go into it as well, but I would say, just as an estimate, it's probably five or six hours that go into creation of one episode.
1: Hi, Scott. My name is Patty, and I was wondering, what is your day job, or what was your day job, if you're podcasting full-time now? Uh, I always imagined you as something like a therapist or a teacher. Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: My day job is computers. But you're not too far off with the teacher guess. Back in the late 90s, we were living up in Maine, and I had a job, regular job, in an office. But I really liked computers. And this was way back in the early days of personal computers, like when Windows 98 was the big new thing. So one day, I happened to be in a print shop. And this is in Waldemore, Maine. And I was getting something printed. And there on the counter next to the cash register... Someone had left a note that said, I need someone to help me with learning Microsoft Word. And I read that, and I thought, hmm, I think I could do that. So I called her up, and I ended up going over to her house and spent a couple of hours showing her how to use Word. And I kind of enjoyed it. So I figured, hey, why not start doing this as kind of a side gig? So I created a little company called The Computer Tutor, and my tagline was, Personal Instruction from a Patient Teacher. And it grew bigger and bigger. I actually started it in 1999. And really, all I had planned on doing was one-on-one instruction. But what I found was that once I had spent a couple of hours with someone, you know, they got to know me and they knew they could trust me. So six months later, when their computer wasn't working right, guess who they called? And it didn't take too long until I was doing a lot more computer repairs and upgrades, data recovery, all that stuff, because people need their computers, and every computer breaks eventually. So I've been the computer tutor for like 22 years, and I still do that. And I'll probably always do computer work for clients at some level, since at this point I have clients all over the U.S., since I can fix just about anything remotely. But eventually my goal is to have the podcast be my primary work, And the computer work would be the thing I do on the side. And the way the podcast is growing, I can absolutely see that happening. Okay, here's one I got in. I got this question in from Scott. He asks, is your podcast doing as well as you projected it to? Or are you surprised by the way it's picked up attention? Also, do you have a favorite relative, perhaps one with a similar name? And I should probably mention that Scott is my nephew, and I will admit that, of all my relatives, he is definitely my favorite one named Scott. And Kira sent in a question or two that were similar to that.
1: Hey, Scott. It's Kira. I just had a couple of questions for your Q&A episode. The first one is, you have talked to a lot of different people with a lot of different experiences. So are there any that stick out to you for any reason uh, maybe it's because the story was particularly crazy or the experience made you think about something that you may not have otherwise thought about. And second one is, have any of the stories that you've heard uh, on your podcast led you to make any changes in your own life or your own routines? And then third, what made you start the podcast and how did you carve out the room for it in your life? Is it what you pictured or are your goals more moving targets? that changed based on your experiences with it. I look forward to hearing your answers. Have a good one. As far as any
0: episodes that stand out, that one is answered in a different question. Any stories that led me to make any changes in my life? Yeah, there are a couple of stories that come to mind. There are probably more than these two, but these are the ones I can think of right now. One was episode one with Jennifer. When she was involved in that crash where the motorcycle hit her car, she wasn't distracted. And, I mean, she wasn't driving distracted. And that's probably what kept her from having a bigger criminal or civil problem with her case. And she is now a big advocate of not driving distracted, because what happened to her could happen to anyone. So I often think about that when I'm driving. And the other one was the episode with William. He was the guy in episode 20 who was out riding his bike and he got hit by a car. And the driver of the car was looking down at his phone, which is why he didn't see William. But what made that a great story for the podcast was that the driver was a police officer and he was driving his police cruiser at the time. And I related to this because I do a lot of biking myself. And as a result of talking to William about this, I now have a GoPro camera mounted on my helmet. And whenever I'm out biking, I'm recording that on video. You never know when it might come in handy, and it sure was valuable in William's case. It's hard to deny something when there's video evidence. And then, is the podcast what I pictured, or are the goals for the podcast changing? Well, I have to admit, when I first started doing this podcast, I had a feeling that it would be really big at some point. Yeah, I know a lot of people start a podcast and they think that same thing when they start their show. So there was that chance that maybe I had some delusion going on back then. But I mean, come on, when you start something like this, whether it's a podcast or a business or whatever, you have to have that thought in the back of your head that there's a chance it might turn into a big success. So I thought that when I first started. And as the show has continued to grow, I keep thinking that because all the signs are pointing to it. Everything that's happening keeps leading to that. I constantly get positive feedback about the individual episodes And the audience keeps growing, and the big thing is that people feel strongly enough about this podcast that they actually tell other people about it. That is critical. And I think that might actually be the most important factor for a podcast to be successful, because that word of mouth is how a lot of podcasts get discovered. I'll tell you a fun thing that just happened. I posted this in the Facebook group, so if you're in there, you may have already seen this. And if you're not in the private Facebook group, what is the matter with you? What was that slash like? Facebook. Okay, so here's what happened. And this is in February of 2021. For the record, my son works at a high school. He's a graduation coach. So he makes sure all the students are on track to graduate with the right classes, right number of credits they need, that kind of thing. So anyway, he's working in his office one day and one of his coworkers comes into his office and she asks him a question. She says, hey, do you listen to podcasts? And he said, yeah, sometimes I do. So she says, well, a former co-worker of mine just told me about this podcast that I've started listening to. It's called What Was That Like? And it's all about these people and these really weird situations they were in. And a recent one was about a guy who got attacked by a grizzly bear. So if you're squeamish, don't listen to that one. But I've been going through and listening to all of them. And he let her go on for a few minutes while she talked about the podcast Then he said, um, you know, that's my dad's podcast, right? No, it is not. Well, he pulled up the podcast website on his computer and showed her my name as the host, and she just couldn't believe it. But here's my point with that. A friend of hers found the podcast and told her about it, and I've actually heard from her since then that she tells everyone about it. Then my son's co-worker is going around and telling her friends about it, and How many times is this happening now? I mean, thousands and thousands of people listen to every episode of the show. And I know a lot of them are telling people about it as well. That's a huge factor here. And I think that's one of the biggest signs that this show is going to be one of the big ones. And finally, for the last one, Shelley asked this question. Do you mind it when people imitate your intro? I do it all the time. I struggle to say the name of the podcast without saying it in my version of your voice. They do say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. This is funny. I assume Shelly's talking about the intro I did for the first couple of years of episodes where I ended the intro with more information about each episode at whatwasthatlike.com. Here we go. And no, I don't mind that. In fact, I'm kind of guilty of doing it myself for a different podcast. Do you ever listen to Criminal, the true crime podcast that's hosted by Phoebe Judge? And by the way, she has the best voice in all of podcasting. Anyway, for that show, she'll do the opening, maybe have a couple of ads, then maybe get 10 or 15 minutes into the episode. Then it's time to take a break for another ad. And you know when that happens because there will be an extended period of silence, maybe five seconds of silence, followed by... We'll be right back. And I always say that with her. We'll be right back. So no, I don't mind that at all. So there it is. Our first ever Q&A episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you didn't get your question in, don't worry, because we'll probably do another one sometime down the road. If you want the information about some of the things I mentioned in this episode, You can find that stuff in the show notes, which is at whatwasthatlike.com slash 72. Stay safe. I'll see you in one week.